Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with badass women, empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Welcome to part two of my chat with my friend Sophie, aka Sophie Scram. In part one, we discussed freelancing business and the realities of working for yourself along with Sophie's journey to get there. In part two we are discussing all things travel including super practical tips on money, safety, all that kind of stuff and of course food, our shared love of food. So enjoy part two. I feel like we've had a really great chat about freelancing and blogging and careers. Let's hop into the more um, you know fun like lifey stuff yeah so I know I've wanted to chat to you specifically about travel because yeah I've never I've not spoken about travel on the podcast I'm not someone who you know is a trap like a quote-unquote traveler yeah because you know yeah I'm more more than happy to go on like my summer holiday once a year yeah the odd weekend away throughout the year and that's me happy yeah not that I don't look at these amazing places and think oh it'd be really nice to spend two three weeks somewhere yeah but it's just not like a priority for me at this time in my life but I know it is for so many people yeah so I want to get really practical on travel if that's okay yeah that's totally fine yeah so obviously you don't have to like tell me your whole financial story but like how did you make it happen from quitting your job to going traveling yeah like you obviously decided to do that yeah if someone is thinking about that or they've decided they want to do it yeah what what would you say like looking back were good things that you did and maybe things that you didn't do that you wish you had yeah yeah so um obviously like money is 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 a starting point um you know i did have savings um and i did have um some money from my grandparents um like not not loads but it it helped me on my way um and then I added to that and I got you know a decent amount saved up and I think you know if you if you go somewhere like Southeast Asia or South America or Central America um or India because I spent a month in India it's really, really cheap. You yeah. know, you can live on quite comfortably in a lot of these places on like twenty pounds a day, like twenty five pounds a day. Um, I was, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it was a bit of both. So one of the girls that I went travelling with had been travelling for a lot longer. She was like towards the end of her trip, and I kind of like joined like for the last six months of it, and she was totally skin like she was on a shoestring budget yeah so that was probably one of the reasons why I actually ended up coming back with some money as well because I think it really taught me that you can get these hostels that are like five six pounds a night um and they were always the the most fun ones as well you know that they, they were always the ones where you'd meet the most interesting people so um you know, budgeting is the first thing, but, you know, you can probably spend about £800 a month um, and and completely sustain yourself and have, like, some really fun experiences as well. Um, But to be honest, we actually really didn't over-plan the whole thing, and my plan that I had 
actually completely changed half well three quarters of the way through based on like the people that I met yeah so I went with two girls from home and we did the first four months together and then like other friends from home like came and joined us and left us and we made friends along the way in that four months and the last month was in India and we planned it that way because Jamie the the girl that was like really really skint India is the cheapest yeah. place like it's but it's amazing the food is all great like there's so much amazing vegetarian food hostels are like three pounds a night like it's the, the travel is really cheap so that was like her last month before she had to go because home um but then I had two months on my own which was like really scary but like the most exciting and exhilarating feeling I have ever had was leaving those two girls at Delhi airport when they went to board their Emirates flight home and I went and I had two more hours to wait to my flight back to Thailand like on my own it it gives me goosebumps just thinking about how that felt like now it was just an amazing feeling because I just thought I kind of almost thought like this is really where the adventure begins. So I learned how to be a backpacker with mm-hmm. the with the girls. Yeah, you know, almost we, like someone else can walk you through it. A bit. Yeah, like they were more experienced travelers than me. Like my friend will tell you all about how like I cried once because I couldn't pack my backpack because I had too much stuff, and she like helped me pack it and stuff. So, you know, we kind of went through the motions together and I learned how to be like a backpacker. Yeah. And then like this last two months were just amazing. I was just completely on my own. So I had to make new friends. Yeah. But it's actually way easier to make friends when you're on your own. So when we were in a group of like more, three or you're four. You're more approachable. Yeah. people see that you're on your own. Yeah, people didn't so really approach us before. We made friends, but yeah. yeah totally because you're you're that group approaching people when yeah you're with someone else yeah rather than the other way around exactly yeah you see someone on your own yeah. you you ask me if it okay do you want to come for a drink or whatever so yeah so i made friends with a mexican guy called edgar um a argentinian girl called floor and we just hit it off like really well and then there was like a big group of us and i actually had a flight from um Chiang Mai um, to Vietnam so I was going to skip um, Laos which is in the middle and I was just going to do like North Thailand, Vietnam and then go into Cambodia but all of these guys were like so we've all hit it off like there's a group of like 10 of us I think in the end and they were like so we're going to like get the boat to Laos and then like travel Laos and then go to Vietnam like do you want to come and I was like well yeah, like I was having a really great time with them. So I think you can't over plan yeah. traveling, that sort of traveling. You know, you don't know who you're going to meet. Um, you might hate a country. Like when we went to the Philippines, uh, like it rained every day. And the Philippines is meant to be like paradise and incredible and amazing. And uh, while well, the islands are anyway, that the capital's kind of dirty and and a bit gross but like it's it is a paradise but it rained a lot so but we'd planned it quite meticulously and we had things booked and then we had a flight booked out so 
we didn't have that flexibility to go, do you know what? Let's sack this off and come back here another time and let's go to an, a different part for a bit. Yeah. So I just think like being open-minded and flexible, you're going to get the most out of it. And if you can go with a buddy, then great. Um, but another resource that I found really helpful is, are you in the Girls vs. Globe Facebook group? No, but I think I've seen it. Oh my I God. about it. It's yeah. amazing. Is it started by Girl vs. Globe? Girl vs. Globe, yes. Yeah. Is it Sabina or Sabrina? Sabina, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, did, yeah. I did meet her once at an event in London. She is so lovely. Like, she's just this gorgeous person. And she's so positive and smiley and just ace. And there's like, I think there's like 16,000 people in that Facebook group. It is by far the biggest group I'm in. Just for female Just travelers. for female travellers, yeah. And, you know, people... I met up with a girl in Amsterdam through that group. Um, like, she was a foodie. Like, I just put in the group saying, like, um, I want cheap food recommendations for Amsterdam. Anyone got any? And, like, this girl, we just started talking and then we just chatted on Facebook. And then she was like, look, I'm going to be there at the same time. Like, let's meet up. So just really good i think especially for women um if yeah. you're a bit sort of cautious about those sort of things um, i wanted to ask that like do you have any I, I don't mean to like jump in and lose your train of thought no but i was going to ask do you have any practical tips for solo female travelers yeah like for you know anything yeah I, even like if <laughs> you know periods and anything like that yeah but also obviously safety and stuff yeah absolutely well I must admit, I um, I wish that I had taken a moon cup with me. Yeah. How you say specifically, period. <laughs> yeah. I actually, now I know and care even more about the environment. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about recycling before, weren't we, and stuff. Like, I'm really into all of that. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't want to be a wasteful person. But, you know, back when I went travelling, I didn't even know that moon cups existed. So they would be the most amazing thing to take, I think, because it's really portable, it's reusable, it's washable, and you're not depositing, you know, tampons down drains everywhere. and you're not having to... But, you know, some I know some girls really struggle with heavy periods. Yeah. And they have to change a pad or a tampon several times a day. So I imagine, even though they're light and fairly cheap, depending on... Well, you, depends where you, you get them. You just can't buy lot, them in like India, right? Though, really, that's a lot of room as well in your backpack. Yeah, I took loads of pads to take off. I took so many tampons yeah. with me, and I ended up being like the tampon girl. Like the girls were asking me, "That's how many I took." Like yeah. we were having periods, um, and most of the time, the amount of tampons that I took with me sustained us, and I still had some, like, left over. Yeah. You know, because if I didn't have those, then it would have been very uncomfortable, I think, in somewhere like India, where, you know, you don't have, um, like, supermarkets. You have, like, little pharmacy clinic-type things. And because I had them with me, I wasn't necessarily looking for them, but but some of the girls had said to me look bring some because they're very few and far between and then even if you do buy them they're not necessarily what you're used to either so they're they're not going to be tampax they're not going to be lilettes or whatever 
and the quality might not be as good and you just don't want to be in a situation where you're caught out with something like that because just periods are just awful aren't they yeah but i can't wear tampons at you know the best of times yeah with, even with the you know little smooth plastic applicator and it's dead easy to, i'm not bothered about you know getting them in yeah it's more that it literally feels like i have a piece of rough cardboard inside no my yeah so i imagine awful. even that'd be like a cheap one if the quality was yeah yeah yeah, exactly so you know for something and and they do like those period pants now oh yeah they'd be amazing they they, they'd be really good yeah yeah so something like that and then i think the other piece of advice obviously there's all the the normal stuff like keeping your wits about you and not you know doing anything stupid as you would like in yeah england, just normal stuff in england or you know the western world wherever you live anyway yeah but i think the biggest thing that i took away from it was um dressing appropriately pretty much at all times and you know for the culture for the culture yeah so if you're in bali at a beach party yeah wear a skimpy bikini that's probably absolutely fine but if you're or wear like hot pants or little shorts or whatever because it's totally hot um and and crop tops and things but i actually saw girls walking around like that in india and it's just not appropriate it's just not appropriate at all in their eyes in their eyes yeah as a culture yep so you know which is obviously a shame it's sad yeah it's sad that women have to but I think as Westerners, that. we have to appreciate exactly. yeah. that. Yeah, I know yeah. it's such a difficult conversation, but yeah, I, I completely. You know, with, with would a sorry, you know, the Indian women are completely covered up. Um, you know, they have their face on show, like arms from sort of like below the elbow or, or just above the elbow. And then it's like literally to the toes and they wear flip flops, you know. Yeah. And that is what your typical Indian boy man or older guy is used to yeah so when there is a white blonde or you know woman there that perhaps is big breasted and and has do you know what she's she's only got a cast yeah which is totally appropriate in this country but it's just perhaps not there and, yeah. and it's it's almost like inviting the wrong attention in a way yeah because they are a bit like gobsmacked or there's a there's a lot of staring in india yeah. basically is kind of what i'm trying to say i guess and i think unless you don't dress appropriately then you you're kind of encouraging it almost yeah. um, so did you did you experience anything even with you know, even dressed modestly. So we did. Ex- we did have one experience on a train, which I don't know if is completely suitable to go into all the detail. But uh, my friend, that was the example I just gave. So yeah. she is a bigger-breasted lady. Don't get me wrong; her boobs are amazing. Like they are incredible. Yeah, like bo- boobs are amazing. But from what I hear from bigger-boobed girls, yeah, it's like anything you put on instantly looks like cleavage and you almost like you that's the look you were going, going for, for yeah. even if it wasn't that's just how it is with yeah boots, yeah which it? is obviously just a nightmare scenario and we were on this train and it was super hot and we 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 were on like the cheapest carriage like we were with like the 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 yeah. really poor guys from india you know and, and and most of them were totally cool but this one guy he just couldn't like stop 
looking at my friend um, and I noticed that he was looking the way that she was positioned like he could obviously see her breasts but he couldn't necessarily see her face because it was like a bunk bed kind of scenario on these trains Um, and then I saw him kind of like getting a bit excited about yeah. it and it was it was it was a really awkward situation but she she covered up in the end but it was almost too late like he'd seen enough to yeah. like I don't know he basically started like relieving himself yeah I've heard it. that happening to women like on the tube in London though yeah what the hell <laughs> it's just horrendous. that's a whole other conversation that yeah. I will just go off on like a feminist roundabout but anyway yeah back to traveling and being safe and yeah so I think it, just you know, being appropriate it, for the culture it's you know it's not necessarily a nice thought to have like oh I really need to cover up like when you really psychoanalyze it and everything but yeah. I think when you especially if you're on your own or it's your first time travelling. Yeah. You want it to be as... You need to be as comfortable and safe and, you know, as hot as you can. Absolutely. So... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so just going prepared. Um, but then... Well, I was backpacking, so I just had one bag for the whole six months. So my entire life was just in this backpack. And I took too many clothes with me, which was part of the problem. Because then I wanted to buy stuff, like, when I was there... And especially in India, everything's really well made. Like they, they really like admire like craftsmanship. Whereas in Thailand, things are pretty tacky and pretty cheap. Uh, but in India, you know, if you pay for a nice skirt, it's usually like really well handmade. Yeah. So I would say, you know, on the clothing front, just don't take too much and yeah. kind of like revel in buying things when you're there because it's it's quite cheap you can blend into the culture a little bit more and yeah. you can just like have a bit of fun with wearing these beautiful gypsy skirts or these like crocheted like hand crocheted tops that they make and yeah just like find a little bit of a different style and I just yeah. love like the freedom of of that because I would never wear that sort of stuff at home yeah but you know you, you really can like get creative with it which which I loved to be honest that's really good yeah do you have any um like really 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 practical tips on safety in terms of you know like if you're in a group of girls like was there anything you did if like a few of you went out and the others were in or do you know any yeah. sort of communication or yeah, um, with home or anything like that? Well, to be honest, like, I was really lucky and I never really had to do anything like that because, yeah. like, n- nothing bad really happened. Like, we we felt safe, I think, pretty much the entire time that we that we were there. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, which, which was really good. I think... Um, the only one time was perhaps it was New Year's Eve and it was on a little island in Bali and like um, everybody got really drunk it was New Year's Eve like you know people got drunk but my friend he lost his phone like because he was so drunk and it's like then we couldn't communicate with him because he had no phone and then so it's like I think one thing that he or or I I was kind of guilty of this as well. Sometimes you have to admit that you don't need your phone, or 
maybe just put it in a locker and then put the key somewhere like really safe that you're not going to lose it whereas I think if you go on like a crazy party or something and you have your phone because you're like oh but it's my camera as well I need to take pictures with it you're more tempted to then like have it out and taking pictures and then therefore more likely to like drop it in the sea which yeah. which he did and then it's like gone and you're Isn't, yeah and, you, and you're like you can't just three months into, into a six month trip and your yeah. iphone is completely dead and you can't just nip on the bus to apple no and your one. online banking is on there yeah you know it's your entire lifeline your phone is for most most travelers and Sammy, like, was really sensible on a couple of occasions where she left it in the hostel in a padlocked, like, locker, you know, and went out and enjoyed herself and, you know, physically just stuck together with friends. I think think you've got to go a little bit old school sometimes in those scenarios and keep your valuables safe because once, like, because then it happened to me, like, later on in the trip... And I, and I just thought, why did I take my phone out that night? Like, why did I do it? Like, it was yeah. so stupid. Shouldn't have done it. Um, but I did, and it got lost. And then it was just a real nightmare then after that. To, to Just keep in touch with other people on the trip, with everybody from home, but then also with my banking and uh, my oh, Revolut. Yeah, I had, like, this, yeah this Revolut card. Um which is where you like top it up with a UK bank account and it gives you a little cash card and you can just withdraw cash for, for free. Yeah. Uh, up to a certain amount each month, uh, which I think was like £500 is a limit. So you basically can access your money in Asia for free. Whereas yeah. I think my Barclays current account would have been charging Jeez. me yeah. for those sort of transactions. So Revolut is a really good app. But yeah, you, you're totally screwed when when you lose that sort That's of thing. That's really helpful. Not that I'm, I'm trying... I, I realise I might have put a bit of a downer on the travel conversation, but I only said asked that because like that is something that I know a lot of people would be really apprehensive about if they've yeah. not travelled alone before. Yeah. And also, like, would be a reason for a lot of women, myself included, you know, not to do it or to be too scared to do it. Yeah. I think... So it's great to hear not only, like, a positive really positive experience yeah. but also practical tips about yeah. it yeah another practical one that I've just thought of is so when I was on my own um and looking for a hostel to book into um they're all rated and there's like hostel world which is really good um and booking.com it has lots of hostels on it as well but you know really getting into like reading the reviews and seeing, um, you know, if people said that the staff was super nice and really friendly and helpful, um, and that the hostel was sociable, like they put on events so that you could meet other people, like they do like icebreaker events, they do like free walking tours, and before you know it, you've got like a new friend, like yeah. you've met somebody, whereas some hostels are just like, fend for yourself, there's not even really a reception desk, you know, just make your own way which some people who are perhaps with. maybe a lot of like older guys would like that sort of thing because we did meet a few in our very sociable hostels and these, these guys are like yeah this this isn't for me sort of thing but you still get talking to them anyway but yeah i think like looking out for the 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 people friendly yeah. hostels that... well, i imagine even in the reviews you can physically see 
the solo travelers there's yeah. like young girls or you know girls in groups have gone and yeah. you know women of all ages have gone alone yeah if you can find those reviews that would make me feel better anyway. yeah totally i just think there's a there's a whole world out there to totally explore and it's really exciting and i think you know if if people are thinking about doing it then try maybe make it happen even if it's just a bit more of an exotic holiday so like those maybe two or three week holidays where yeah you can do like a bit of a hybrid maybe do that a bit first me. and go to a hostel and see what it's like um like i stayed in one in in um thailand and it was actually called well it called itself a postal <laughs> so yeah. it was like a hybrid between a hotel and a hostel and cool. it was really nice so yeah there's lots of ways you can ease yourself in yeah that's cool i realize i've jumped massively between topics here but i, I know like we've had a really good business it was chart. gonna be a timeline yeah <laughs> we've had a really good business well you sort of summed that up really nicely at the start anyway yeah so we've had a really good business chart we've had a really great travel chart and i hope anyone listening has got some good tips yeah. i have yeah. um Let's talk about food. <laughs> so you're a foodie. You're a food blogger. Yeah. You're a foodie. Yeah. And I imagine that's just been a passion of yours for ever, like since yeah. you were younger. Yeah. Because you said you were Instagramming your food. So, it. Where do you think that comes from? Like in your background. So I, I really like I, I've struggled with this a little bit on my blog over the years because like I really really wish that I had like one of those sort of quite romantic stories. stories. Yeah, like I know that Pippa Middlehurst, um, Pippi eats. I don't know if you know Pippi. Um, you know her story is amazing. Like taught by her granddad and her grandma. Blah blah blah. But do you know what? Like. Mine is not that smooth sailing. So I've I've always loved food. My first ever boyfriend was a chef and I was a waitress and that's like how we got together. And I actually just loved nothing more than like watching him cook and like getting involved with that sort of stuff. And then when I went to uni, he really helped me like cook healthy-ish meals from scratch. Yeah. Uh, I say I say healthy-ish because you know we made a lot of really exciting stuff as well that's probably not that healthy like lots of like Thai curries or like fried chicken like just stuff yeah. that I just wanted to eat. So Good, just tasty food. Yeah, just tasty food Simple and food. yeah, and he taught me things like how to cut an onion properly, how to slice a tomato so it looks really good, and you know. Just little things like that, you know, he'd be like, do it like this, you know. Yeah. So I learned so much from him, um, Tom. And then, so I think it was at uni, really, that the passion sort of started. Um, and then I got given a cookbook, a Jamie Oliver cookbook called Ministry of Food. Um, and I actually started on that Jamie Oliver cookbook, even though the famous one is Naked Chef. But I actually yeah. kind of went backwards to Naked Chef, but I started yeah. on Ministry of Food. A ministry of food, like the whole point of that book is everybody can cook and cooking's yeah. dead easy. And here is all of the like staple recipes that you will ever need. It was almost like a Delia Smith how to cook. Like yeah. that was like probably my mum's version of yeah. Jamie's Ministry of Food. So it's it said like stuff like how to boil an egg if you want like that perfect runny yolk, runny yolk you know, and or like how 
to like make the perfect porridge you know just dead yeah. simple stuff that you want to just people, nail every time yeah, which people need as well because yeah i feel like there's so many simple things that people do that they're like, oh, I can never quite get that right. Yeah. Like, there's always something. Yeah, like I'm scrambled in. egg. You might, you know, you might be um, adding the salt at the beginning, which I think makes the eggs a little bit tough. Whereas if right. you don't salt them at all, and then just add salt at the end, yeah, you'll get a lot more of a silkier well, egg. Yeah, just little things like yeah. that. I think a combination of my first boyfriend Tom and Jamie Oliver himself. <laughs> really sort of like instilled little things like that and then I just started getting more excited about it yeah. and I think a passion for food is yeah. like feeling empowered around food rather than feeling intimidated by it yeah totally and they gave me that confidence to um you know tackle more exotic recipes you know make a Thai curry paste from scratch rather than getting yeah. a jar one have a go at pesto you know just little things like that um and just building it up from there really um and I actually I'm a bit of a feeder as well and I think that's entirely selfish like maybe it's like my own insecurities but I like feeding people and then being like "Mm, yeah this is really good like oh how did you do this or you know just like that sort of dinner party friend casual eating style so Um, yeah, I just, I've just always enjoyed it. Um, and I went through a bit of a phase with my blog where I was like, hmm, should I have like a niche? Cause like, you know, I'd seen other bloggers out there that maybe they were like vegan or veggie or like others were like, I'm an Asian food blogger and others were just like absolutely nailing their own pastas or they were baking bloggers and they did cakes. And I thought like, what is my like niche like what's my speciality and it's only really recently that I've started realizing that actually I'm not ever going to have like a specific food type niche because I just like all food so yeah I I don't want to kind of pigeonhole myself but one of my goals which is kind of going on to the next bit I know is for this year is to really like start championing shopping local and then like promoting small food businesses through my blog as well as just putting my own recipes and stuff on there that's cool yeah I would have said from like an outsider your blog niche is it's very consciously led I think yeah I think you, you obviously blog about food and recipes and restaurants and all this but yeah, I think I think you do use your passions for like you know environmental causes or you know tackling issues like that around yeah. that. Yeah, I always feel like your blog is tackling that in some way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it's yeah, it kind of ties into what you just said. Yeah, it does. Like you know, I've I've written you know a series on you know reducing single-use plastic and like which is a massive problem in food oh god yeah and i've done like rants and rages to tesco and i've had like inbox like dm twitter chats with all the major supermarkets about it and i've documented it on my blog that was mainly last year um you know and then like the whole veganism thing i've got loads of vegan recipes on there now because i think that people 
Like, the word flexitarian is totally cringe, and I know that people think that it's just a load of bullshit, but when you really break down what flexitarian is, they are really making the most of all the different foods on offer and getting a true balance between them all. So they're not eating, like, meat and two veg meals every day, and they're not, like, guzzling cow's milk and... You know, they actually appreciate all the plant-based products and those veggie things and those pescatarian meals as well. And I think if I am a flexitarian because I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Yeah. But I don't want to eat meat and dairy too much because it doesn't actually make me feel that great either if I eat too much of it. And then I'd rather spend a bit more money on meat and buy the better quality, the higher welfare, the organic stuff and really enjoy it and then substitute my other time with, you know, veggie meals or vegan meals. Yeah. And that's why I did um, Veganuary this yeah. year. Yeah, I think Veganuary is a really great... It was amazing. I loved like it. initiative. Yeah, it is. It's so good because now... You know, I can quite easily whip up two or three different dishes now using tofu. And I just couldn't do that before. But yeah. in Veganuary, I was really I hungry for protein. And I had to do it. I had <laughs> yeah. to do it. Yeah. But then it annoys me a lot when you see, like, vegan menu or vegan um, dishes. This doesn't happen a lot. And it's really good in Manchester, actually, the offering for vegans. But in Cheshire, you know, some sort of smaller towns that I would go to. Um, once I just saw this menu and it was uh, basically like a noodle dish with veg and it was like a katsu chicken but the vegan version was just bye bye chicken and it was just like noodles and veg and it's like that is not a complete meal any nutritionist you know or dietitian would tell you that that isn't going to fill you up it's not giving you that protein you know it's not going to help you get strong or whatever even like some I know it's more like of a complex food but even like toasted peanuts or like yeah. a, a peanut sauce that yeah. has a bit more some or your pulses or yeah, something because yeah. i think with veggie and vegan i found when i was i was veggie for three years and vegan for a year and a half nice um and i'm a total carnivore now sorry <laughs> <laughs> i do look i do still love veggie and vegan food i found i found that like fiber was a massive thing, yeah. Because unless you're, you have to be combining your foods, don't you, to be getting complete protein? And yeah. like you say, it's not a complete meal if it's just carbon veg. Yeah. And I found like focusing on good sources of fiber really helped make me feel full. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the, and it's it's, it's knowing things worst, like that. Yeah. Even veggie options, I think it's the worst when you get to the end of a meal, being a veggie or a vegan in a restaurant, and you're like the portion was too small or I'm not even that full Yeah. or I've paid the same amount as my mate and they've got like a massive slab of chicken and yeah. and carbs and they're like, oh, leaning back, <laughs> like popping the button open and you're like, mm. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I think cheese is, is almost like too prominent in a lot of veggie dishes I agree, as well. Yeah. I mean, I love cheese. Like, I'm even, um, I've got a press invite to the cheese awards next week that's amazing like on tuesday yeah. i am going to be rolling around in cheese yeah. hopefully i'm not i'm not a judge like, so i won't be eating as much cheese as them but i yeah. will be able to like try some stuff but yeah some veggie dishes it's like halloumi or like you know your sort of moussakas that are just all have like lots of oil and lots of cheese and i think 
I know the clean eating thing was a bad movement and I and I, I really didn't agree with how it talked or promoted about food, but I think veganism and being fully plant-based, it's just a nice light option sometimes as well. Yeah. And it's got all of the ethical goodness that goes along with it as well. Yeah. I think sometimes you're in the mood for cheese. Yeah. And there's no, like, I, I completely am on board with, you know, I, I hate the whole clean eating thing and oh, I'm not going to eat that because it's oh, too many calories or whatever. Like, but you, There's no getting around the fact that cheese is an indulgent food. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you really, really, really want that. Yeah. But I remember just being so fucking sick of cheese on yeah. restaurant menus when I was vegetarian because I was like... Well, A, when I was vegetarian, it was like, well, I'm not in the mood for cheese, so what else can I have? And then when I was vegan, it was like this meal is going to be shit if I just ask them to take the cheese out. Yeah. But we live in Manchester, so we can't complain too much because it is honestly, like, amazing for vegan food. It is, yeah. And it's, 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 you know, it's got, like, a few dedicated places now, yeah. hasn't it? Like, the Rev and, Mo- and, and Folk, so, Folk and Soul as well. Yeah. So many restaurants have, if not a vegan menu, at least, like, one or two vegan options on the yeah, menu. Yeah, yeah. And it, to know it's, like, vegan and it's been made specifically to be vegan rather than... Oh, we'll just fling off. We'll just chicken. fling off the main protein, <laughs> yeah. and, and off she goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about about food. I just I want to just kind of use my blog going forwards, and and you know just continue what I have been doing. Really, just keeping it balanced. And um, oh, this was something I just wanted to touch on. So I've. I've started a bit of a meal plan for myself. So I never normally plan my meals. I normally would just like write on a post-it note roughly what I'm going to eat that week. Just the main dinners. And then like I'll just wing it on breakfast and lunches. But recently I thought, do you know what? I have actually put on a little bit of weight recently. I want to just like pull it back. I've just joined the gym where I've just moved in Charlton. So I just wanted to start getting a bit more of a plan in place. And then... But then also, I still want to eat those, like, more indulgent meals as well. So, like, I've got this, like, tab on my plan that's, like, healthy meal plan. And then, but then on my discoveries, I'm always looking at food stuff on Pinterest or wherever. And I'll find these meals that, like, I wouldn't put on the meal plan because they're not necessarily, like, really healthy. But then, like, they are healthy because, like they're like comforting or they make you feel amazing or they're a little bit of like what you fancy and it's like your passion and what you love to do so your creativity is like experimenting with food yeah so then I didn't want to like lose sight yeah of these other dishes so then so then but then I was like so but what do I call these like on the plan like I hate like cheat meals yeah like I'm never gonna call it a cheat meal because that is just gross like I'm not gonna call it un it's not like the opposite of, of my healthy. Food. It's definitely not that. You know, it's not like clean versus dirty. Like, yeah. that's weird. So I, I settled in the end for, like, relaxed meals, nice. which I was quite happy with, actually, yeah. in the end. Um, so, yeah, again, it's just, like, it's just all about balance, really. Yeah. And, and planning ahead helps me achieve that balance, I guess, really. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I feel like having go-to midweek meals that are simple, quick, and also, you know, healthy and yeah. min- minimal ingredients are 
you know, the, the backbone of like our diet because without them, you know, it is so convenient to just get a frozen chicken Kiev. Yeah. Frozen chips and yeah. shove them in the oven, done. Not that you should feel bad if you do that because we all, you know, end up in those really, really sticky situations where, oh, you know, for finance, we're not going to get into food and convenience food because it's like a socio-economic conversation as well. <laughs> but I think have if you can have like a few go-to simple yeah. midweek meals. Yeah, that you can throw together yeah. that are balanced and healthy. Then, you know, at the weekend, you've got a bit more time. You can enjoy yourself and, you know, yeah. not that you don't enjoy the other meals, but you can take your time yeah. making, like, fried chicken from scratch. Yeah. And really, you know, because I would have no idea how to do the coating and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's, it's easier than, than you think, really. But I think, you know, I think there's so many good places to eat out nowadays as well. Um, and I'm actually doing a blog collaboration tomorrow, um, and it's a healthy, this is in inverted commas, um, like lunch delivery service and it's, and it's aimed at like people in the city um, but like I'm really interested in working with these guys I, I need to try their food first so I'm not going to say too much because it, it could be awful but it could be amazing <laughs> but they um, so there's a lot of like these clean eating like meal prep services yeah yeah so it's like you'll have like sweet potato chicken broccoli like no sauce like and that will be like this delivery service but they were like, no, 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 like, you know, a jerk chicken wrap with lots of salad and chickpeas, you know, is healthy. Yeah. So the way that they're, like, positioning, like, their healthy lunches is, it's, like, healthy and wholesome. Yeah. Which is, like, way more me, so. And way more, like, approachable and fun and accessible yeah. rather than clean eating. You will only eat these super bland, simple foods and, you know that's fine if you're a bikini competitor or yeah professional bodybuilder or whatever but i think food has to taste good yeah it does because it has that's to the be bottom satisfying. line that's the bottom line for me if there is not there is very little in the world you can do to make me eat kale voluntarily yeah like, there's only a few instances where i've <laughs> You've enjoyed not tried my harissa kale chips right well there you go there's only a few in kale chips are one of them yeah there's only a few instances where i will happily eat kale and enjoy it yeah there is you cannot force me with a gun to my head to eat a kale salad no and why does it always come in such a big bag i know in the supermarket it's really intimidating yeah you buy it and you feel guilty because you're throwing it away yeah but it actually tastes like shit so you don't want to eat it it's just like food has to taste good yeah i think it does that sounds really cool so let's head into the quick round questions because i feel like I've exhausted your resources on everything yeah. that you're good, like everything that you're passionate about and that you do. So hopefully everyone's enjoyed it because I feel like some of these interviews, because it's like a women's lifestyle podcast, there is a bit of hopping around just because yeah. I want to like squeeze every last bit of juice and info from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the quick round questions I ask every guest at the end so put yourself first a podcast as I'm sure you know as you've listened to some of them yeah um it's all about empowering women to put themselves first and make time for themselves so with that being said number one is what are your go-to self-care ritual at the end of a stressful day yep so um it's pretty simple to be honest 
it's a bath mm -hmm. and I know that in the summer it doesn't quite work as well which probably explains why I'm a little bit more like stressed and a bit more highly strung in the summer I think everyone is especially with the heat that we've been having um, not sleeping as well yeah, yeah not sleeping so well but I've always loved a bath a muscle soak bath I am obsessed you might have seen in my bathroom uh, my bath I salts did. You made me want to go and get some yeah bath salts they are on offer in Asda at the moment they are £2.49 which for is a big bag for a big bag they're yeah. normally about eight or ten quid that's where I bought two. That's really good. They are amazing. They just make... And that's Epsom salts, isn't it? So you've got Epsom, which is like uh, muscle relaxing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've got the Himalayan, which is like skin smoothing. Yeah. Um, they're, just, they're just amazing. Cool. I love, you know, candles. I love face masks. Um, so if I have a really stressful day and I do those things, then I can sort of come out of that really feeling like a new person. Yeah. Um, and it's really just simple and effective. Yeah, and then uh, the next day you feel so much better. Yep, yep. But then the other thing, which has been a bit more recent, which I probably do after a bath, um, is is read. You know, I, I've only really started properly reading in the last couple of years really and I guess in my early 20s I always like wanted to read but I didn't read so I felt guilty for not reading weirdly yeah and it like pop into my head oh you should read more oh but you don't oh never mind so but like I really started making time for reading recently and um I actually started a book club between me and my friends so that is like a little whatsapp group even though WhatsApp groups of the devil, and I don't get, I don't ex accept any anymore because they just drive me crazy. But we've got this busy girls book club, and it's a WhatsApp group, and there's like five or six of us in there, and it's like no chit chat, no stress chat. This is a space for books and what we think of the book, and anything in the book that we want to discuss, which is really nice because like you don't get any of that crap that normally goes on in WhatsApp groups, um, and we actually only started it in July, so I picked the first book, and everyone is, like, loving the book so much, which is just amazing. Um, and then we have a little sheet where we've all put our ideas for the next book, and we're going to do it in alphabetical order and pick a book. So that is amazing because now we're actually part of a book club we're making time to read like because yeah. we've got to get it read by the end of the month but they're not massive books so we've said around about 400 words max so it's totally doable like you could probably read it in one sitting if you really wanted to but i like taking that time at the end of the day to just read um, yeah. and just get lost in the book before i go to sleep that really really helps me Cool. I was going to say, I feel like reading has to slot into your day yeah. at a time that's convenient to you, like meditation or like exercise. Yeah. You're not going to stick to it if you're just like, oh, I need to do that. And then you're not thinking about when it actually fits in your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a morning reader, I think. Are you? It depends that's though. That's really cool and go, interesting. If I, I go to the gym first thing, because yeah. all of my books are always self-help books, which yeah. is a whole other conversation that I know, like I should be reading fiction. You should, yeah. But um, I like to get up, make a cup of tea, 
get back in bed with my book. Yeah. Unless we're going to the gym first thing. And yeah. And we'll go to the gym. Yeah. And just but, start your day like quite slowly like that. Yeah. Easing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm very big on like not looking at my phone for the first hour of my day. Yeah. Yeah. So if I know I can read and then, you know, hop in the shower, get my breakfast, get ready. Yeah. I know at least it's something that's going to distract, distract you from, from that. Temptation. Just reaching yeah. for the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I think... Do you it, read in the bath, though? No, I don't read in the bath. Yeah. No, that's not that practical. Although I did win a bath caddy at the Blog Awards. Nor <gasps> that the Blog Awards. one, the yes. bathroom takeaway. Which is yeah. gorgeous. But it's, it's more gorgeous. of like... Would a book go on it? It's more of like a, a, a tablet a... holder. So it's like oh, wine, right. candle, yeah. tablet. I would never trust myself with electronics. No, no, no. I prop my laptop up with Netflix on the toilet lid. Yes. Well, my <laughs> toilet's a bit far away, but we've got yeah. that little chair, so I could do it on there. Yeah. Um, do you not? So you do not read your book in the bath? No, I don't read my book in the bath. No, I do. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I might give that a go. I mean, I think. Do you read your book in the bath in the yeah. morning? In the morning? No, not in the morning. <laughs> I never have a bath in the morning. I wouldn't even get anything done. I wouldn't even leave the house. <laughs> no, I'd be like, be so sorry, relaxed. meetings cancelled today. <laughs> just totally zen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love reading in the bath because then I think, what's the worst? Like the worst that can happen is you drop it and it's soggy and yeah. you just buy another one. <laughs> you can't like just just buy another phone. No. You can't. Can't, you can't. <laughs> or a laptop or a tablet or whatever. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. But... I'll give it a go. Like, are you just chilling in the bath and, like, literally sitting with your own thoughts and breathing? Yeah, pretty much. Because that's, like... That's just that's nice your thing, in itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sometimes... Yeah, I don't really like watching anything in the bath. I just, I just like... I just like being in the bath. I like it to be quiet... Yeah. And yeah, just get in the in my own little zone, I guess. Do what I've got to do. Just that the process of just like pampering is is just it's just nice really. It feels so good. Yeah, it? yeah. Especially with a with a hair mask on or something. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel like a new woman afterwards. Or a new man. Yeah. Not discriminating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So second question is what's challenging you to leave your comfort zone and grow recently? Yep, okay, so it's definite. I've had a think about this, and it is definitely being nominated for two Northern Blog Awards. So I think it's been a bit of a kick up the arse because it's been like, you know, I've been shortlisted, so it's like people actually think that you're good at what you do. <laughs> yeah, like, I know, it's whereas, yeah, like, you know. If, like, with the algorithm change, you know, the engagement drops and you post something on Instagram and not many people comment on anything. And then, like, most of my is traffic is coming from Google a lot of the time and not social media. Well, it is coming from social media, but most of it comes from Google because it's quite well optimised. So then it's like, you know, people are just coming, reading, going. But, like, actually to get recognition... Um, what category, so what categories are you in again? So it's foodies and cooking blogger, mm-hmm. I think, and then foodies and cooking influencer. Mm-hmm. And so just being like shortlisted has obviously just made me realise actually maybe I'm doing something right and it spurred me on to, 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 to keep going. Um, and like just seeing like some of the other people that, that are in the categories as well, like one of my favourite food and cooking bloggers is Gem Gemma C. Wade. She's been on the podcast. She's amazing. She's so yeah. ace. Like and I've been to one of her cookery classes and 
you know, and I and I actually consult her website, you know, yeah. what would Gemma do with salmon yeah. or, you know, that sort of thing. It's 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 a really good resource and you know, I think she's just ace and she's such an amazing cook and foodie and I, and I genuinely think that when I have kids one day, because at the moment my cooking is very flexible and I've got all the time in the world some days, especially if I'm working from home. Whereas obviously she's like busy mom, busy schedule. These are the things that you need to cook that are balanced, oh, quick, so easy, on it tasty. Like yes. Cooking like pre-cooking stuff and freezing, freezing it. Freezing it, yeah. What you can get out of the freezer and do and this. And she's like, oh, and I'll show you how to dress it up and make it a new dish so the kids aren't like, we had this on Tuesday. Yeah, it's <laughs> she's amazing. She's so yeah. on it. So I truly believe, well, I, I truly believe that she is gonna, she's, she's going to win. And I, and I think that um uh, when I have kids like hopefully her website will still be going even if it's not still going going like at least it'll still be there because I really just love her approach yeah. so I think and then um Louis Canal I think yeah, his name oh, is his Instagram is incredible yeah his photography is just like I commented on even one his Instagram stories are like it's so artistic yeah he's so he, I asked him about them and he told me like he literally sits there creating these little lines on the photographs to show the arrows of you know to the location and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And just think that is some dedication. It like is. that isn't you know, it's it's art. <laughs> My, yeah, it's art. His, his <laughs> stories so are literally to people art. who aren't Instagramming no, but, it's but so true. Instagram is such an artistic it, platform. And it's a real craft that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. So being alongside people like that I'm like wow okay so I should probably like up my game a bit but also it's just nice to have the recognition that what I've done so far is is like good enough and and people seem More to like good it enough. yeah so it's just that is 100% no one nominates good enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's really exciting and then, and then there's a blogger from um Liverpool who's called Steph but her blog's called Hungry Harriet and which is totally confusing because like I would totally call her Harriet if I ever met her probably <laughs> but um yeah like her restaurant reviews her writing style like is quite funny and just um yeah really cool so I just think being alongside other content creators in in that sort of, at that sort of level is um definitely give me a kick up the bum that's cool yeah and it's it made me want to just do it more yeah. really oh that's exciting yeah cool um, what's, what are your goals for the next six to 12 months? You've already mentioned some of it and we had a conversation about this before we started recording, but... Yeah, so in a nutshell, um, I want to start a new series on my blog. I say a new series, I've never really done a series, actually. Um, so I want to do it because, um, I kind of want to get out of just the restaurant reviews and recipes kind of thing I want to do something that's a bit more regular so I'm going to do it like I don't know if it's bi-weekly or for I think fortnightly so once every two weeks yeah, yeah. I always get those confused so um just something regular to keep me on my toes and keep me just to give me like a little side project basically but I want to start like celebrating the people behind the food a bit more because Everybody talks about like amazing food and what it tastes like and how well this complemented this. And whilst I do enjoy writing about that sort of stuff to an extent and it's very important, like the way a dish is put together, 
you know, there's always like really cool and amazing and totally dedicated people behind the best yeah. food, whether you're talking Michelin star chefs like Adam Reed, for example, or like uh, Mama Z, who is just about to start her new residency at Hatch, who makes like Filipino street food from her like house. So yeah, that series is going to like delve into like their passions and their ethos, why they do what they do, and then talk about the food as well. And I got the idea because I'm going to be the host of Taste Nutsford, which are like these new food tours that, that Nutsford Town Centre are doing. And I'm going to be like the, the tour guide, which is like... <laughs> it's so cute. Which is really funny and cute. And, and I'm, I'm actually really nervous about it. But can I, think, I come and do one? Yeah, you can. I spoke to Holly about it. Yeah. 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 So we're going to... We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get that sorted. Yeah. I'll be there like the front, like teacher's pet. <laughs> yeah, but what I had to do as part of my research for that was go and meet all the people face to face and just basically find out about exactly what I just said. Their ethos, yeah. what they do, why they do it. So I was like, this would all make amazing blog content. And I think, you know, they're not going to be like huge essays, just like short, snappy, digestible content that just says hey like there's actually people behind these businesses um and just to kind of celebrate that really cool so it's going to be called meet the maker nice yeah so I that's really going like to be that. coming soon that's exciting yeah um what's a favorite or like go-to resource at the moment for you that you'd recommend to anyone um so, so i've mentioned the girl versus globe group for travelers incre- incredible yeah mm-hmm. and maybe some like maybe a business thing and a foodie thing yeah so um i mean Gemma's blog yeah. is really good i was just about <laughs> to say like you've shared so many great links for the show notes anyway so far but yeah, yeah so anymore. so gem for food um um um, I love, yeah, the Girl vs. Globe group. Um, I'm really loving the new um, podcast that's like Letters from a Hopeful Creator. Yeah, I yeah. like that too. So I like that style um, because what... Um, so it's Sarah Tasker and Jen Carrington, who, who you've already mentioned. And obviously they've like come together to do this, this podcast where it's almost like that Agony Ant style. So yeah. some creative or a hopeful creative like will write a letter to them um, who obviously Sarah is an Instagram expert and Jen's like a life and creative coach, isn't she? Yeah, she's like a creative, you know, she says a creative coach, but yeah, she works with a lot of creative business owners and freelancers. Yes. So there is that sort of work angle to it isn't there absolutely with their, with their letters yeah and their and their advice so people are writing in with um yeah just issues that they have about maybe like getting an idea off the ground or some insecurities they have and and, and just a lot of the stuff that people suffer from yeah. as freelancers and i really like it because it again it's like the people side of it so it's actually a genuine letter from an actual person but they're dissecting it pulling it apart making it really useful for like the masses almost yeah. so there's always like really key things to take away and actually yeah i do listen to podcasts in the bath you know that's cool. that's just a nice relaxing thing to do to pick up on ideas and stuff so i get way too excited about podcasts so and you need to make notes when you're writing not when notes, you're listening. but i like going on a walk with a podcast and yeah and getting back to work yeah they make you feel really inspired, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good ones do, anyway. 
So yeah, so resource wise, um, that's a great. That's a great one for like inspiration and like actionable tips because mm-hmm. they mention loads of like things in the notes and stuff as well. But then like tools that I use are like I always super super rely on like Trello and Slack and like they've almost become resources in themselves because I've been using them for so long now that it's almost like my own sort of library of where my ideas are, where my little snippets of information are that I just need to remember that you just can't write on a post-it note and lose. Like Trello is just so amazing for that sort of thing. That's cool. Um, Actually, yeah, I can't think of any other resources. You've given loads. I think you don't need to. (laughs) Don't be like, we need more. We've got loads. Yeah, everything that Sophie's mentioned throughout the podcast will be linked in the show notes. And with that, um, where can we link to head to your website and where can people, you know, what can people be searching on social media to find you and follow you? Yep. So the blog is called Sophie's Scran. Scran, I think most people know means food, but you do get the odd person that, that wonders is what that it is. Is that a British thing? I think it's a northern, I think maybe it's quite a Scottish thing or something. It's definitely northern yeah. thing. Um, to be honest, I just love alliteration. I love it, yeah. <laughs> I love, and I feel like Scran is such a good yeah. um, onomatopoeia. Absolutely. Thinking back to school days. Yeah. Like, it's very visceral, isn't it? Yeah. And when you're, like, hungry or you're dead excited about a piece of food and you, like, scrum it. It just sounds more exciting than just eat it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So get some scrum down, yeah? So Sophie's Scrum. So it's, like, the website is S-O-P-H-I-E-S and then Mm S-C-R-A-N. Two S's in the middle. Um, And it's just .com. And then I am on, like, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter and Instagram. But the most interesting places to go is Twitter and Instagram, um, and it's at Sophie Scran. Um, I'm always, I'm tweeting like most of the day, most days. Like, I just like joining conversations. I like sharing interesting things that are like in the local area to do with food. Um, And then all the best bits are really on Instagram, really. So I would say they are the most interesting ones to go to. Cool. Thanks so much for chatting to me today. No worries, it's been really fun. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it too. Yeah, great. And thank you guys so much for listening. As I said, Sophie's links and everything she mentioned will be in the show notes. And yeah, I will see you guys soon for another interview. Thank you so much for listening to Put Yourself First. If you enjoyed it or you have any feedback, I would love you to leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to this. And if you'd like to reach out to me on social media to let me know you enjoyed it or just have a chat and say hi, I'm at cat underscore horrocks on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're feeling extra kind, share this on to a friend who you know needs to hear this one too.